Every Christmas has a story. Some complete with boxes and bows. Others incomplete. And what one child heard was not hoofbeats. And what he saw filled his mind with wonder of a different kind. Every Christmas has a story, but for jazz percussionist Oliver Denton, one finally tells the tale. You're listening to Ratatat Man. The little drummer boy comes of age. Trust me. You'll see right through it. Just say it like this. Your company means a lot to this community. What community? I don't say community. You say community. This is just where I live. Well, then say that. Ugh, it stinks like smoke. I wonder why. Oliver, you have no other ties? You're looking at it. Actually, I'm smelling it, and it's disgusting. Lynn, I really don't plan to be that close to the guy. It's just a job interview, and the guy probably won't want me anyway, especially if he's one of those guys that's all caught up in ties. I've had two my whole life. The first one just sort of snapped on. Did it smell like cigar? I doubt it. Things air out after a while. How long's a while? I don't know. 30, 35 years? You were a kid. You were too. Actually, when you were a kid, I wasn't born. You were what, grade school? Seven, maybe eight. I don't know, fourth grade. Well, if it can air out, maybe there's hope for this one. Put on the jacket. Having someone help you get dressed is reserved for when you're too little or too old to do it yourself, or, in my case, too nervous. This shirt was white the day I bought it, and the tie is still thin and still black. Besides, where I'm seen, it doesn't really matter anyway. No one is really looking, and what if they were? What can you see through a blur of smoke and dim lights? In this type of nightclub, nobody comes to see. They come to hear. They come to forget. I've played a thousand of these places. I'll probably play a thousand more. Lynn, on the other hand, thinks daytime employment is better for your soul. But my soul and I parted ways a long time ago. Lynn, that kid's choir wasn't really my idea. So you sang? The other sang. I hit a drum. It was easier than Sunday school. It made more sense, too. Mrs. Lily played the piano. We learned one song to death, sing it in church, then learn another one. That's where you wore the tie. That's where I wore the tie. I can see it. A clip-on. At St. Mike's, we all dressed alike, and on church days, the boys wore the ties. It was a rule. If you show up in your own clothes, you went home to change. Doesn't it matter that any of us had names? Or is it just easier to treat us kids all alike? So are you still that kid? Maybe I am. Some parts of you never grow up. You wore a white shirt and a black tie when you were nine. You wear the same thing now. Only difference is the tie you actually tie. God, that sun is bright. Draw that curtain. Okay. It's closed. Now I'm curious. What never grew up? Childhood memories are happy memories, usually. So, usually, I just avoid the subject. 
But with my friend Lynn, that wasn't so easy. She wasn't happy until she could dredge up one more detail. The part I remember most began on Ginga Street. That's where I live with my Aunt Sue, not far from the downtown square of Kennesaw. Take my hand. There's traffic. Yes, ma'am. Oliver, where's that jacket? You had it on this morning. Aw, it's still on the hook at school. Land sakes. I can hear you tomorrow morning already. Oh, it's cold. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it warms up a touch in the afternoon, you still have to bring your coat home with you. Is that Miss Jane? I believe it is. Afternoon, Jane. Susan, and good afternoon to you, Sir Oliver Denton. Sun hadn't shined a lick all day. Why in the world are you wearing sunglasses? Oh, no reason, really. My shift just ended at the grill, and I I just put them on out of habit. My, that's a fine young man you have there. Oliver? Oh, you can say he's mine. Hardly ever sees his mother. She kind of went to pieces a couple years back. Speak to Miss Jane. We're going home from school. Yes, I see your books. Oh, are you a musician? Is that a music book? It's for the kids' choir. Do you play piano? I took piano when I was your age. I play the drum. It's easier. Why, yes. I do believe I've heard you play. Every night you hear him. The whole dang building does. We're learning a new song. Miss Lily makes us practice. Oh, Oliver, it's a drum for Pete's sake. How hard is it to hit a drum? Well, drummers can't miss a beat or it throws off a whole group. Right, Ollie? Miss Lily doesn't like it if I go too fast. I can't help it. It makes some songs sound better. One day, when you're a fancy jazz player, you can improv all you want. But today, you might want to mind Mrs. Lily. It's noise to me. Same thing every night. I remember as a child playing this one song over and over again, but I got it right. John Thompson's first grade piano, Runaway River. It drove my dad nuts, but I knew the song. Keep at it. Listening to you lets me escape. Well, look at the time. I really must be going. Well, we live in the same building. Walk with us. I'm not in a real rush. You were a second ago. Oh, I I suppose so. What am I saying? What's the matter, dear? You seem flustered. No, no, I'm fine. Just busy. Never enough time. Time's the enemy. Enemy, my foot, Jane Trouble. You have worse enemies. You were bent over looking at that book. I can see what's behind them glasses. Any man lift a finger to hurt a woman ought to be hung up by his heels. Please, please, it'll be okay. I'll... You'll what? Go back for more? Let him take another swing at you? I've been hearing all the fuss at night. I'm sorry. Susan, it's hard to explain. But not hard to gamble, is it, Jane? I'm down one flight of steps. Three C. You want a place to come? Come to see me. Susan... That's why I need to skedaddle, to make it all better. Miss Jane was one of those neighbors who was really nice, but for only about two minutes at a time. She was always in a dash to get somewhere. There was always something undone. In our old apartment building, the walls were paper thin, so I heard her voice far more often than I saw her face. Where we lived on Ginga Street, there seemed to always be a full moon. My Aunt Susan was one of the good things, and she's right. I rarely ever saw my mother, and if I did, I may not have recognized her. But I was nine. What's a kid got at nine? All I knew about my mom was two things. She had a sister, and she had me.
Did you get enough for supper? Yes, ma'am. I laid new pajamas on your bed. Scott's was having a sale. You were outgrowing your old ones. Neat. I want to see them. It'll be getting dark pretty soon. Better get Cookie to be rustling up some grub. I laid up out there in the desert. Buckshot in my leg. I wasn't about to give up finding that scoundrel. Come here, child. Let me see. Oh, dear. You're going to get lost in them. <laughs> Let me roll up those trouser legs. I have a safety pin here. Hold still. There. You'll grow into them. I bet they fit you better by Christmas. Next time you open a pack of Where were you this afternoon, huh? You don't answer the phone anymore? I got to the post office. For heaven's sake, not again. Oliver, would you turn up that TV set? I can't stand to listen to all that bickering upstairs. What are they yelling about? Don't know, don't want to know. And don't you pay them no never mind. You could almost set your watch by those two. I never could make out just what the fussing was about. But some people aren't happy unless they're at war, even when it's with the very people they love the most. Even as a kid, you realize that there are some things you just wish would go away. And when they never do, you find ways to tune them out. Lucky for me, at least for a while each night, I could lose myself in the beat of my church drum. One thing about songs, the words vary, melodies change, but the beat stays the same. If you keep the beat, you can let your mind wander wherever you wish. You are listening to Ratatat Man. The Little Drummer Boy Comes of Age. Featuring George Perry and Eddie Salone. You are listening to Ratatat Man. The Little Drummer Boy Comes of Age. Featuring the music of Lindsay Hathaway and the Dave Shelton Trio. That ball didn't go near the backboard. Sorry, ma'am. <laughs> hey, hey, boy, is this your ball? Way to go, Jack Rabbit. And watch where you're playing, boys. A ball like that could roll into the street. Someone could get hurt. You don't want that. Sorry, mister. Say, you look familiar. I've seen you at church. Haven't I seen you at church? Yeah. Yeah, what was that? Uh, singing. Yeah, that kid's group. Kind of. <laughs> a music man. Well, what do you know about that? Know about what? Never mind, son. It's a rhetorical question. Hey, mister, I'm getting a new bike. Yeah, yeah, good for you. But you, keep that up, that music thing. That's a good thing the school does for you kids. That little class there will put a song in your heart. Not enough people have a heart these days. What do you mean? From time to time, this funny fellow would wander by. The conversations were meaningless, but somehow he always made a point. He never bothered a soul. Huh. You see a man hanging out by a schoolyard talking to kids in the 1960s, he was being nice. Let that happen today, and they call the cops. You got it, kid. Just keep playing. Don't stop. You find something you're good at, keep it up. I kind of doubt that's playing with a ball. 
Yeah, you're right. Maybe you'll be a star someday. Is that a friend of yours? No, I thought you knew him. Uh-uh. I've seen him at the church. That's where I see him. I remember that day like it was yesterday. Aunt Susan and I had the routine. Supper, homework, and some TV. Then I'd march into my bedroom and tap my drum. Our home was a small apartment, sort of lost in a building of small apartments. We lived on the third floor. Aunt Sue said it gave us a bird's-eye view of the world. I recall a street lamp right outside my bedroom window. When it'd start to glare in at night, the street would get so quiet. Every Sunday morning, Mrs. Lilly would gather us around the piano. She could play and sing like God had left a window open and in blew an angel. It was just November and the Christmas carols we'd been singing practically since the start of the school year were getting old. But so was Mrs. Lilly. I guess those old songs were all she knew. At St. Mike's, there was an early service and another about 11. Our practice was held between the two, and then we'd hang around in our Sunday best and sing at the start of the 11 o'clock service. I kept thinking that if I played good, Mama would show up to hear, you know, as a sort of a reward, but she never did. Every nine-year-old has a Christmas list. What I wanted most in this world was my mama back. Don't you go traipsing off on that shiny new bike. Where's your bike, Ollie? Don't have one. Maybe I can ride your old bike some. How about today? It's Saturday. Hey, you could stay for a sleepover. I don't know if my aunt will let me. She'll probably say no. Ollie, look at that motorcycle. That's so cool. Bronson is my favorite show. Me too. I want to be just like that guy. That'd be so cool. When I grow up, I'm going to be just like Bronson. Ride around, do it a one all the time. Camp out all the time. Just like Bronson. Just like Bronson. Hey, my dad gives me 25 cents every week. So does a 20 cents. Let's ride over to the machine at the gas station and get one. Maybe they'll have some stickers. They always got them, but they say they don't. Sometimes he's fibbing. Yeah, I'll take a Valvoline sticker for my seat. Sorry, boys. No stickers today. Some of your little friends beat you to them. Shoot, we didn't even ask. He's fibbing. Ollie, there's that man from church again. Hey, hey, you boys getting a fill up? 
Filling up on RC, sir. Well, I see that. One RC when there's two of you. And one bike when there's two of you. Let me guess. I say the bike and the soda pop both belong to you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Nothing for your little friend here? All I had was a quarter. Uh, it, it ain't gonna hurt you to share. Uh, maybe they don't teach that doing to others thing at St. Mike's no more. Jeez. Uh, here you go, kid. Here. Here's a quarter. A tip for a good job in your little singing group Sunday morning. Gee. You know, beating that drum, you do good work. You got something there. Thanks, mister. Well, you're as welcome as the flowers in May. <laughs> I guess you boys have the day off. Yeah. Ah, you like that. The whole day and nothing to do. How about you, drummer boy? You gonna be playing that drum tonight? Yes, sir. Mrs. Lily makes us practice after supper. Take it from me. You play and you don't stop. Don't stop. Look, I gotta run. And by the way, nice bike. Oliver, that guy's just weird. That's okay, I got an RC, and now you only have a nickel. Kids are flattered by two things, attention and pocket change. With Christmas now two weeks away, I had been good and hoped that St. Nick had kept up with my new address since last year. We had just put up our dime store Christmas tree, Aunt Sue and me. So far, the only thing under it was a crinkled white sheet as pretend snow. For dessert that night, Aunt Susan had baked Christmas cookies with those little sprinkles. But for the neighbors upstairs, that holiday spirit seemed a million miles away. Not again. For heaven's sake. Aunt Susan, I'm just going to go to my room. What I heard that night behind my drum, I wasn't sure. I just know I heard something. Then I heard nothing. I didn't make a sound either. After a while, I pulled on my new pajamas and curled up in bed. A few hours later, though, there was a ruckus like Ginga Street had never heard. It woke me from a sound sleep. I peeked out the window and it was like a scene from that old cop show, Adam 12. Red lights flashing, sirens and police scrambling about. I couldn't help but stare. After a few minutes, I saw a stretcher being wheeled into the back of an ambulance. What was it, the sound that my drum concealed? And how could it have led to all this? Nobody's going to give a nine-year-old a straight answer. In the days that followed... I, in my wild imagination, tried putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Thing about it was, I think I was one of the pieces. You're listening to Rat-A-Tat-Man, the little drummer boy comes of age. Our Christmas story will continue. We now return to Rat-A-Tat-Man, the Christmas dramatization by Charles Baglin, featuring Eddie Salone.
You can define the word lost several ways. Aimless, deep in thought, entranced. But a man can also get lost in Dave Shelton numbers. You sit, you play, pretty soon it's 2 a.m., at a bar and people think you know everything. Who's he? What kind of business is he in? Who did time? Who are the single ladies? Who's a cop? The sax isn't exactly the kind of joint people come in itching to tell the truth. Unless, of course, it's to the bartender. They're always honest about what they want to drink. Joe, let's have two. You look like a Scotchman. Is it wet? Yeah. Then I'm a Scotchman. You're the drummer, Mr. Ratatat Man. Could you point a man in the right direction for a little fun? <laughs> that girl over there, just tell me she's single. <laughs> she could be anything. As long as she pays her bar tab, I stay out of it. But the way I see it, you got a 50-50 chance of being right. I know what you're saying, man. Is she in here all the time? I, I very seldom even set up the bar, man, when I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> a word of advice. Next time, try buying her the drink. That's the deal, man. <laughs> nice playing, guys. Sounds good. Nice playing tonight. Hey, Oliver, what if we throw in some O'Connell numbers to the set? I can dig it. <laughs> yeah, Isaac Hayes over there can dig it. Hey, Allison, tomorrow practice uh, two-ish. Let's work in some O'Connell tunes and maybe a couple of holiday things. Sure, Dave. Now, what am I supposed to do with my kid? But it's a school day. Uh, she's got the crud. She'll miss the rest of the week. I'll see if Mom can stay with her for a couple hours. How about maybe 4 o'clock? Uh, yeah, that'll work for me. Hey, guys, how about 4 instead? I'll get up early just for you, Dave. God forbid I ever interrupt your beauty sleep. Let's call it a night. Allison, let me grab my coat. I'll walk with you. Thanks for walking me home, Oliver. Being a full-time mother and the sacks four nights a week, <sighs> I'm spread a little thin. How old's your daughter? Ten. She's ten. But she thinks she's 20. Good age, 10. You got your whole life ahead of you and a wide open imagination to help you get there. I hope you're right. But here it is, 2.30 a.m., and I'm just now walking home. She's home with my mom. Well, you can't really put a bow on stability and stick it under a tree, but she knows you're doing your best. I've not quite heard it put that way, but yeah. Look, I know you're busy, but you're there for her. Not everyone's so lucky to have a mom that genuinely cares. Look at this. When I was 10, Christmas didn't come till the middle of December. Now it's not even Thanksgiving and streetlights are up. Stores all decorated. I mean, what's the rush? Well, if you're good, maybe St. Nick will bring you an answer.
next afternoon, we all showed up early at the Saks, and there was a face none of us had seen before. We would like to have you on our resources list, Mr. Beasler. We'll be in touch within the week. Well, good afternoon, mademoiselle. Looks like afternoon's a busy place for a nightclub. <laughs> Looks like. I hardly recognize the place with the lights on. And to whom do I owe the pleasure? Hi, Lynn Harbison with Community at Large. Community at Large? What's that? We're a local career service. I was telling your Mr. Beasler that we assist individuals looking for work, second jobs, exploring new fields. It's a transitional thing. <laughs> so you have people wanting to learn how to drink and abandon their dreams. <laughs> Bartending, actually. The tips add up. That keyboard says you must be in the band. Yeah, we're, we're here to get some practice in. That's Allison over there. She sings. This is Oliver. Ah, let me guess. You're the drummer. Oliver Denton. So you guessed right. The sticks in your back pocket clued me in. Plus the way you're rubbing your wrists. Here for the grace of Percocet go I. But it beats singing. I'd rather remember a beat than all those words. Priorities. I like that. Sounds like interesting work you do. I help people find work who really don't need work, but are just learning and probing other options. Sometimes it really pays off. What else do you do? <laughs> well, during the day, I have a job sleeping. In fact, I had to take some time off from my day job to come here for practice. You sound devoted to your work. <laughs> yeah, devoted to the drum, the dream, and the dollar. Look, I'm I'm dropping by Friday night with a woman Mr. Beasler is going to let train as a bartender. Make sure you play me something with soul. Make me cry. You got it. Until then, gentlemen. Till then. Hey, Oliver, why did she call that office of hers? At large something. What was it? Yeah, something. Well... For most people, one job is enough, even if you need to. <laughs> what about you, man? Surely you didn't grow up with this as your goal. You did? Well, my old man was a mailman. He knew everybody and every dog on the block. On Saturdays, I'd go with him. I had my own mail pouch. It was cool. <laughs> he kind of hoped I'd follow in his footsteps, literally. But I didn't. How about you? What'd your old man have mapped out for you? I don't know. He never told me. So he was a man of few words like you? Maybe. He went to Nam when I was in first grade and never came back. Oh, man. I'm sorry. It's not what you think, man. The story goes something like he went on R&R &R to Thailand. R&R &R was how he spelled AWOL. AWOL? He eventually wrote Mom from Australia saying he'd had enough and he wouldn't be seeing us anymore. Sort of a Dear John letter in reverse. No way. The war did funny things to people, man. Yeah. Hysterical. Just as promised, the young lady we met earlier this week shows up with her trainee barmaid in tow. And, just as we promised, the band tried to make her cry.
Over the next few weeks, I realized how some people can waltz in off the street and touch your life. Lynn Harbison touched mine, not with passion and desire, but with a rare kind of acceptance I had not known since my Aunt Sue. She'd stop by the sack some nights. Some days, she'd make me crawl out of bed and meet her for lunch. That part I didn't like. You know, Oliver, think about it. If this guy was on the level, he would have told you his name, asked yours, normal things. Man, come on. You bump into people, like right here in this cafe. I don't know them. They're just faces. How long did this go on? I don't know. It's hard to remember. It might have been a month, maybe a year. Did he follow you? I was nine. I didn't look. How do we get on this? Lynn, why don't, why don't you ask me about farm aid or gigs I played on the road? Like I said, my friend Lynn was a curious soul. Like a news hound where answers just lead to more questions. Maybe that's just the kind of friend I needed. Lynn was the first person I could really talk with about that drum solo back in 69. Christmas was coming and I had gone into my room, but that night, that riff... That beat was made by something other than just my drum. I felt like someone took advantage of my little practice time. They took advantage of me. They used my drum to cover a crime. But who? That Christmas and every Christmas since, that answer was all I wanted. In a way, I blame myself. Maybe that's why I chose the kind of work I did. A job that kept me gone nights and out late instead of home where my mind would wander. Soon after the shooting, Aunt Sue decided we ought to move to more peaceful surroundings. Truth is elusive, but after all these years, I could finally talk about it. Because I knew Lynn would listen. Hmm. I, I get it now. I don't think you were just hearing things. Mr. Hey, cutie pie. You dropped this. This chain fell out of your pocket. This quarter rolled all the way over to my table. Thank you, baby. It just happened. <laughs> i tell you what. You keep that quarter as a reward for being sweet. Thank you, sir. Why, you're as welcome as the flowers in May. Merry Christmas, sir. You have a Merry Christmas, too. You've got a way with kids. Well, they're only little once. Do you have kids yourself? Maybe. I don't know. What? Maybe? You don't know? What kind of answer is that? It sort of comes with the territory. <laughs> you're in a band, you're on the road. It's only natural that the girls want the best-looking boy in the band. <laughs> so why you? <laughs> Funny. But you'll forget it. Bars are dark. So Maybe. Maybe. You walk past playgrounds. It makes you hope you appreciated childhood when you had it. You think that's how your guy on the playground felt back in the day? Could be. He was odd, but odd in a good way. That's a colorful way of putting it. Was he using you to get to your aunt? Maybe his real interest was her. Nah, I don't know. And looking back, maybe he was jealous. I'd say he resented life sort of passing him by, and I still had mine ahead of me. So, what'd you two talk about? Hmm, he liked music. He knew I was in the kids' chorus at the church. He encouraged me to play, play hard, and not stop. 
Maybe I'd be a star someday. Oliver, that's classic. They talk about what you two have in common like you were soulmates, and then it gets ugly. He didn't know your friends or your aunt, yet he knew where you lived, went to school, where you went to church, and he was evidently familiar with your repertoire. It was one song. There must have been something about it that he liked. Holly and Ivy is a Christmas song. Who likes Christmas songs when it's not Christmas? It gave him what he wanted. Like what? Oliver, it gave him an alibi. You're listening to Ratatat Man. The Little Drummer Boy Comes of Age. A Christmas Story by Charles Baglin. Featuring Audra Todd and Eddie Salone. You are listening to Ratatat Man. The Little Drummer Boy Comes of Age. Featuring George Perry and Eddie Salone. Some of these old thoughts were beginning to resurface and, to my surprise, started to make sense. Later that night, I could have sworn I had come face to face with the demon who insists on haunting my past. Thanks, you're, you're too generous. Thanks, it's too much. We're going to take a little break, but if you have any requests, <laughs> jot it down on a 20 and drop it in this glass here on the piano. Oliver, I think the Duke wants to talk to you. Who? I'm sorry. I thought you two had met. So, Mr. Drummer Man, slide up a chair. What's your pleasure? Mmm, make it a seven and seven. Denise, dear, couple of sevens? Certainly, sir. My name is Walter Scarborough. Oliver Denton. Yes, Mr. Denton. You're the best percussionist to ever set foot in my club. What do you mean, your club? It was my club for 30 years. I just want to say I admire your work. You been at this long? Long enough. How old are you? 42, last birthday. 42. So, where were you at 32? 22. Mm. Don't answer, son. It's a rhetorical question. Gentlemen, your drinks. Put these on my tab. Certainly, sir. Thanks, doll. But here's the thing, Mr. Denton. Is in the next few minutes, the finest percussionist to ever hold a pair of sticks, that's you, son, in my humble opinion, will sit behind his drums and play. But unless you're in town on business and stopping here for a drink, no one will ever hear you. That ain't a good thing, it ain't a bad thing. It's just the beast they call music. Well, thanks, I guess. When I was your age, I had owned this place for four years. Really? A friend of mine passed on. I came into a little money, so I made an investment. Best move I ever made until I sold it. I made a dollar for every nickel I put into the place difference now is, when I leave, I leave it all behind. That's what life is all about, man. Paying your dues. I could have used a guy like you back in the day. Keep playing, son. Don't give up. Something about this Scarborough guy made me a little uneasy. The next day, I picked up the phone. 
community at large, Harbison. So, who have you been dealing with at the Sacks? You know, you're Mr. Beasler. Ever run into a man named Scarborough? Scarborough? No. Why's that? Well, he used to own the place, he says. An entrepreneur. Sounds like maybe I should. I'm not talking about your job search thing. It's just that you know people, and maybe you've heard the name. Maybe in the news. So what's the name? Walter Scarborough. Hmm. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I know the guy. I'm at work here, Ollie. Where's the cloak and dagger? He told me once he came into some bucks when someone died. Like from a life insurance policy or something. That's when he bought the sacks. He said it was about 30 years ago. And? I don't think last night was the first time we met. Oliver, what you're describing happens to a lot of people. Yeah, but I'm thinking of just one. Who? What if I said I know where you got the money and it wasn't from some rich uncle? You've lost me. Do me a favor. You can look people up, right? I mean, if they have a record or something, you can find out. I have a friend, yeah. Have him look him up. Just what are we supposed to find? I won't know until you put another name in there with it. Who? Ms. Jane Trumbull. Always wondered about Ms. Jane, where she was buried. She was a kind woman. I appreciated her if no one else did. Nearly a week went by before Lynn's friend at the bureau could take a look at my request. Then... Oliver? Wake up. I got back some details. Wake up. Oliver. Oliver? I have your eggs and coffee ready, Oliver. What time is it? 12.45 in the afternoon. You wanted to know about your man, Scarborough. And? He's legit. Paul David Houston. Died of cancer and Scarborough was his beneficiary. The money he used to invest in the club, he came by honestly. In 1974, he purchased the station house, a nightclub. Apparently, he gave it a facelift and renamed it the Sacks. That's it? Oliver, all I can go on is what records say. I mean, you can take comfort in the fact he's had three divorces, was bankrupt once, a few speeding tickets, but there's no smoking gun. He ain't your guy. Or maybe he really got away with it. You still there? Oliver, there's something I think you're a little confused about. What? I did what you told me. I had my friend check death records on your Jane Trumbull. Yeah, she was killed in 69. That's the thing. There's no record of that. Kennesaw County. I was there, Lynn. Don't mess with me. That was a long time ago, and things get misfiled, but here's what I have. Jane Trumbull, her address at the time was 1142 Ginger Street, apartment 4C. 4C. And I lived in 3C. But Aunt Sue and I lived on Ginger Street. Spell it. I don't know. Ginger. G-I-N-G-E-R. Aye, it's a homograph. This spelling is the same, but it has two different pronunciations. Ginger and Ginger. 1142 Ginger Street. Oliver? It's just been a long time since I've heard that address. So, what are you saying? I'm saying... When was the last time you visited Kennesaw? Sue's funeral. I want to see your hometown. Sunday. Let's take a drive. We will return with the conclusion of Ratatat Man. 
The Little Drummer Boy comes of age in a moment. You're listening to Ratatat Man. The Little Drummer Boy Comes of Age. Written and produced by Charles Bagman. Featuring the music of the Dave Shelton Trio and Lindsay Hathaway. Time, they say, changes your perspective. But how I remember December 13th of 1969 has never changed. Murder isn't something a nine-year-old knows how to follow in the papers. It's something teachers don't teach and choirs don't sing about. Soon after, and soon I moved several blocks away, and it was rare that we were ever back in the old neighborhood. In a couple of days, Lynn and I made the four-hour drive down to my hometown. Welcome to Garden Point. Good morning. May I help you? And she picked a funny place to ask for directions. Perhaps. We're hoping to see an old friend. Um, I was given this address. Please pardon these boxes. We're just putting out a few Christmas decorations. Her name is Jane Trumbull. Jane Trumbull? Lynn, let's go. This isn't funny. Are you family? No, more like old neighbors. Jane is a resident with us. Come with me. How is she? Doesn't get out much, but still has her spunk in her. This is her room. I'm down the hall if you need anything. Yes? I hope we're not intruding. No, I don't get much company these days. How may I help you, dear? We're from Johnsburg. My name is Lynn Harbison, and this is my friend, Oliver Denton. Denton, please, won't you sit down? I can't believe what I'm seeing. You are Jane Trumbull. You you play piano. Oh, that's been years ago. A long time ago, there was a little boy who lived below you with his aunt. Yes, a little drummer boy. Are you? Miss Jane, I, I thought you were... I remember that night. I, I, I thought that you... What are you trying to say, young man? Miss Jane, I thought you were dead. Dead? Oh, land sakes, why would you think that? I'm getting along in years, but I'm still ticking. Not now, not today. In 69. 1969? Um, this is kind of awkward and difficult to hear, but... Oliver lived right beneath you. His whole life, he's believed that his drumming in his bedroom obscured the sound of gunshots that left you dead. And the man in your apartment quarreling with you, it helped him make a clean getaway. Oliver feels like he somehow played a part in whatever happened that night. Oh, my. Oh, my. My dear, sweet boy. I never until this moment stopped to think what you might have felt. It just doesn't add up. The courts ruled itself the fence. John Arthur was a bitter man. Who is John Arthur? John Arthur Trumbull was my husband. A lovely man when we married, but before too long he felt like the world had cheated him. Instead of getting tough with the world, he just got tough with tried to make him happy, but every day I lived in fear. So, what did he want? Whatever he wanted, he wanted handed to him. He always admired the theater. He thought he could be the next Clark Gable. Said he always had what it took. This is starting to sound familiar. 
when I was little, there was this man. He'd sort of pop up here and there and talk to me. When I first started to play the drum at church, he told me to play and not stop, to not let anything stop me. I guess I took him too literally. But after that night, I, I never saw him again. Not you either. It, it only made sense that it was you on that stretcher. I remember once seeing a different side of him. I was waiting tables at the Rosebud restaurant. When my shift ended after lunch, I was to come home, straight home. He didn't see me, but I saw him. Near the school. The school? St. Mike's? He was chatting with some of the kids in the playground. I don't really know what he was saying, but it was pleasant. There was a smile on his face. I heard laughter. He had a ball, like maybe a basketball. That was me. He was talking with me. He was. He was talking to you. You and some other tyke about your age. Jackrabbit. It was probably him. This man, John Arthur, he attended St. Mike's Church. He'd always talked to me, but I never dreamed he was the man upstairs. Did he have friends? He didn't have friends as much as he had people who just sort of graciously avoided him. You mentioned self-defense. If not you, who was on the stretcher? John. John Arthur was on that stretcher. Because that night, all of the abuse, lies, fear, torment, it ended. When he came home that night, he'd been drinking. He was frustrated about a phone call that I didn't make, I didn't answer, and that lit his fuse. And it only got worse from there. He had a small handgun. It made him feel like a big man. It was in his coat pocket that he always hung on the kitchen door. He tried to reason with him, but he was right. The world was wrong. Then he thought I should apologize. But that night I said no. There was a ruckus. I grabbed the jacket, pulled the gun, and I shot I don't know if that gun held one bullet or a hundred, and if it did, even if that would have been enough to stop him. So I shot. The shot was hidden by you, Oliver, you and your drum from downstairs. I shot once, then I kept pulling the trigger again and again and again. I just wanted it to end, and when it did, you kept playing. If I had spent the night at Jackrabbits, this never would have happened because I would have never been there that night to play the drum. You don't know that. I sat there in shock for hours. My light was on, it was terribly late. That nice Mr. Henderson came to my door. He was superintendent, so he had a key, but he didn't need it. The door was unlocked. He saw what had happened. He said we had to do the right thing, and he called the police. It wasn't me you saw being wheeled out on that gurney. It was years of fear. I was let out in tears and handcuffs a while later. The jury ruled it self-defense. But deep down, I loved that man. If he loved me, he never knew how to show it. Memories can last forever Some for just one day some memories are meant to treasure Memories will say There's a reason that they linger forward Long since we have grown To lead you by the hand Home 
a friend tomorrow if the heart can't find its way along the path a mask may follow to lead happiness astray there's no searching for a miracle they will find you on their own as they lead you by the Oliver, it's been hours. You didn't say a word all the way home. Please talk to me. I never saw that coming. You live your whole life believing one thing, that nine-year-olds belong on playgrounds, not mixed up in murders. Your friend is alive. That's a miracle. You didn't hear what I heard. You didn't see what I saw. You don't know what I know. Oliver... Just because you've believed something all your life doesn't make it true. I love that she's alive, but I feel so sorry. I wish I could have done something, but I was just a stupid kid. A stupid kid on a bed with a damn drum in his lap. You did do something. Abuse is not pretty. It's one thing to not have all the privileges of a rich kid, but what she lived was so much worse. What she needed was one glimmer of hope, one rip in the seam to open her eyes and squeeze through. That's what you gave her. You were her guardian angel. Of all the songs you know, that's the song you were meant to play. That's the song you were meant to play. More coffee? No, thank you. And and take off that tie. Take off my tie? Why? I've changed my mind. You're right. This job isn't for you. But I think I know one that is. A wise man once said that a life-changing moment might also be seen as a second chance. My first came in 1969. Today was my second. The years in between are simply a blur. I wonder if I ever did see my mother again. I'd look for her in the face of strangers. As for my dad, every morning, was it him in the mirror? In their place was a mystery that only fate and a twist of Christmas luck could solve. What old man Scarborough said was more accurate than I cared to admit. After nights of breathing someone else's cigar smoke and Lynn's advice on hanging up the night shift, was starting to have a strange appeal. Here in Johnsburg, there's a school called JB Academy. Lynn knew the headmaster. They needed some help, and the title supply chief had a catch to it. I got my own key and a small desk. But what put a shiny ribbon on the whole package was that Lynn was able to add something to the job duties that kept part of the old me alive. Kids, kids, good morning. Let me introduce you to Mr. Oliver. Good morning, Mr. Oliver. Good morning. Today we're going to learn something fun. So, who here can sing? I can. I can. I can. 
My friend once said, if you're good, maybe St. Nick will bring you an answer. The first time he said that was to himself. Okay, kids. It was by a breath-fogged window staring down at a street. A street that marked the boundary between innocent kid and the rest of his life. I am forever grateful that finding him was part of mine. The more I knew the man, the better I understood the boy. And I never treasured him more than right then, in that moment. (laughs) For in that moment, I saw them both. Ratatat Man, The Little Drummer Boy Comes of Age, was written and produced by Charles Baglin. Starring George Perry and Eddie Salone. Musical arrangements from the Dave Shelton Trio and the Saints Peter and Paul Children's Choir under the direction of Lindsay Hathaway. Information about the author accompanies a complete listing of cast and credits online at echarley.org.